And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we are back. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of the Startup Hustle podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Conaway, founder and CEO of Innovate Her KC. And I got to tell you, we are so grateful to today's episode's sponsor. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably, and they do it very, very well. Now, today we have with us, I, I'm very excited about this guest. And I was I was telling her as we were doing our show prep, I've been really excited to use her, her informal title for uh, a couple of weeks now. But we have with us today, Bobby Carlton. Bobby is the founder of Innovation Women. She is an expert on startups and events and public relations. And she has so many different skillages in her wheelhouse. But I have to tell you, friends, she has this informal title, and it is Boston Startup Fairy Godmother, and I cannot express to you how cool I think that is. Bobby, thank you so much for joining us today. And thank you for the invitation. And bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Like, I feel like, bibbi- wait, 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 bibbidi-bobbidi-bobbidi-boo? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's been that, made. You get that? All right. That's been made. That's made. And actually, that particular... Uh, nickname is only one of two. So there's also the Boston's startup den mother. And yeah, I I know. Godmother better. I do too. But I have to admit, you know, there was a point in time when I was like, I was the hot mama and now I'm the den mother. And oh, so Uh. sad. I can, I can see, but if you're a fairy godmother, you're making dreams come true, Bobby. I mean, how I try that? I try. <laughs> well, so so let's talk about that. Let's talk about how you how you help uh, Boston area startups, how you make dreams come true. Tell us about your journey. All right, so I'm going to take one quick sidestep back. All right, and I'm going to say that Innovation Women is only one of my companies. So I have a day job where I run a PR and marketing firm. My night job is where the fairy godmother status comes in. So I run a Boston area event called Innovation Nights, i.e. the night job. And that is where I have helped to launch more than 1,500 new products that have gotten more than $4 billion in funding. Holy shit, Bobby. That's I like honestly. That's all I have to say to that. Uh, that well, that's incredible. Can you can you talk to us a little bit more about that? How did how did you get how did you get started? How did how did sure. you get here? Okay, so background is in two thousand and eight, the economy fell off a cliff. Oh, the sure. startup that I was working with ran out of money. So that's when I hung up my shingle and started the PR and marketing firm. But social media was young and exciting and just 
oh so enticing. And I said, you know, I want to play with this. I want to figure this out. I want to do this social media marketing thing. And so I did. I started an event that would be entirely powered and driven by social networking and called it Innovation Nights. The idea was to basically fill up a room full of people and point them in the direction of a startup and say, see that cool thing over there? Let's all tweet about it. Let's post pictures and video and blog. And if you're in, in not into social media, that's okay. You can just tell somebody about the cool products we see. And so we started doing those events and every single month we did those events up until the pandemic turned us virtual. And we did so many tweets and blog posts and everything else that, you know, we were really driving quite literally millions of views every month with this little crowd that went around and helped to promote local startups. And that got me invited to other people's events. You know, they would say, Bobby, bring your little tweeting finger and your 50,000 followers and come to our event and live tweet about our event. And I did. And I went to all of these cool events and I would sit in the audience and look at what I call the male pale and stale panels and go, wait a minute where are the women at these events? And oh yeah, they're sitting next to me in the audience. So hence, that's when I started Innovation Women. Oh my gosh, that that is such a journey. And I have to tell you, Bobby, (laughs) so so folks listening at home, just so you know, Bobby and I, we've actually known each other for a minute. Uh, We've appeared on at least one panel together. I think I've maybe been in the audience, a, a virtual audience and a couple of panels that you've been on. And Uh, certainly aware of you. And I knew there would be like, I I always felt like we had an affinity. And (laughs) I got to tell you the reason uh, I'm feeling that right now is because like my my social media days, like they hearken back. Do you remember like Zanga and LiveJournal, like before the advent of Twitter? I remember being in St. Louis and had like going to events that were legit called tweet ups, where you would meet people that you met on Twitter. And Twitter was like this sexy new thing. And we would all get together and be like, look, we're in the same room that I'm tweeting you right now. Uh, and so so I just find it lovely that, that we have a little bit of the same origin story. And we certainly have uh, some of that same focus on supporting women in entrepreneurship. And that is that is wicked cool, Bobby. I just I love it. <laughs> I got to say that we talked about Mass Innovation Nights as being uh, a product oriented tweet up. So yes. I'm right there with you. Oh my gosh, that is awesome. Well, so so you've been playing the game for a while. I've been playing the game for a while. You you have some wisdom to share. And so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kick right into this because Bobby, you are a you're a practiced public speaker. And I I've I've seen you always you are always interesting and informative and so um 
authentic yet polished. And I don't really know, like sometimes that's really hard to do. Like, how can you be real, but still sound like, you know, what the fuck you're talking about. And, and I love that you're able to do that uh, so well. And I'm, I'm going to hop right into it because I personally want to, I want to pick your brain and I am very, very fortunate that I have a microphone and I get to do that. So talk to us about, about this public speaking piece, Bobby. I, how do you, what's your special sauce? What's your magic? You know, it's funny. I come to it not from a comfortable place. Uh, when I started Innovation Nights that first night, April 2009, I, oh God, I never really thought about the fact that I would have to be the host of this event. I was thinking I would just get all these people together and they would all run around and tweet about each other. Yeah. And People are like, great, you know, we're going to do presentations and you're going to be the host and everything. And I'm like, oh, please, dear God, no. Uh, that first night, I sweated through my blouse. Thank God I was wearing a jacket over it. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, being a social media powered event, there is plenty of photographic and video evidence of my very, very public discomfort with oh, the whole man. thought of public speaking. I want to give past Bobby a big hug right now. I yeah, feel your pain. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. And, you know, like the next month I'm like, okay, you know, don't be as bad as you were last time. Be better. Yeah. And, you know, over the years I got better and better. And like after, I don't know, a hundred something events, you're like, oh, okay. I haven't died yet. Yeah. Uh, that's a plus. And no giant pterodactyl swooped down and plucked me off the stage and ate me for dinner. Okay, I will survive. But, you know, you, you do something often enough, the practice kind of catches up with you almost unawares. And you suddenly are like, oh, I've been here before. I know what to do. And I did. I get better and better and better. And then I started to realize people are asking me to do this at their event and they're yeah. asking me to be on a panel and I'm suddenly a public speaker and I don't know where this came from, but it happened. Yeah. And that happening led me to understand the impact that I think I'd always espoused like part of my job early on when I was the head of global PR for these big enterprise software companies, like that was my job, get executives on stage. Yeah. And I told them, you know, like, this is important. You know, you have to do this. So our customers see you and they feel comforted by the fact that you're on stage telling them about things they don't know and you're guiding them and you're being seen as a thought leader and it wasn't, I think, until I was on stage myself that I internalized, oh my God, this makes a difference in my business. Right. Every time I'm up here, it makes a difference. And so then I did what I feel like my secret sauce is. What I do best is I go to school. I look around, like, who's doing this well? What can I learn from them? Uh, you know, let me go read books. Let me watch videos. Uh, let me think about it. Think about it deeply. Right. And then, you know, kind of innovation women started to become a little germ of an idea. And yeah. it really was a few events where there were just no women on stage that 
like smacked me upside the head and said, you have got to do something. What, what's so. it called? The dreaded mantle is what we, is what we talk to or what we call it around innovator channel. Yeah. We got some uh, names for it too. Yeah. Yeah. They're, one of they're, them. they're not, they're not the most flattering I would imagine. Uh, <laughs> Well, because, you know, I, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. You know, the fact is we, there is this push for, for diversity in, in all sectors of entrepreneurship, I would say, whether it's technology or main street retail, like whatever it is. Funding. Uh, Funding. Oh, for God's sake. Don't get me started on funding. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. We're, (laughs) all right. I'm sidestepping that landmine. Uh, But, you know, there, there is this. I, I feel like there's a newfound understanding that diversity of opinion, diversity of background, diversity of race, gender, religion, like whatever it is, it's it's crucial. Economic status. Economic status. You know, it, it, it is crucial as we move forward as a society, we have to make sure that all voices are represented so that we're getting the best form of the argument and we're having the best form of the conversation at hand, Right. So, so talk to us about some of the challenges that you're seeing. So, so one of the things that we talk about a lot around IHKC, and as you were talking, Bobby, like I was, I was laughing in my head because I had much the same journey uh, as you did. You know, the first time uh, we did an innovator event and they put me up on stage, I had made a career of being second in command, the tactician to someone else's visionary. And so I was never out in front. And I was so uncomfortable at the idea of being the quote unquote face of innovator and having to go up and talk in front of people and, and passionately share my beliefs and our foundational ethics and and all of these things about this organization that I believed in so much, but it was really difficult. Uh, and, and I don't know why that is. I think that there are a lot of contributing factors. You know, we can take, we can say that, you know, women have societal pressures. They have, you know, they're told from early ages, like be seen and not heard. And it's better for you to be demure and polite rather than allowed. Good girls don't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) But, but talk to us a little bit about that. Like, what are you seeing? It is your job to encourage individuals, i.e. women. And, and I'm sure sometimes not women, uh, but encourage people who are not comfortable in being out front and being in the spotlight and putting themselves out there. Um, it's your job to make them comfortable with that and help them understand how, how impactful that can be for their business and their brand. So talk to us about that experience. What has it been like to usher these individuals to greater success? Oh, so much there. I mean, I know that was like five like, different questions buried in one yeah. question. I, so I have I'm going to start with the, the last part of it is like, what does it feel like to help other people realize their dream? And that is what public speaking often delivers for people. It's the visibility that drives business opportunity that drives careers that gets people book deals and it gets them a raise and it gets them on boards and it connects them to investors. Yeah. Don't get me started either on funding. There's an issue that needs. Clearly uh, we're going to have to have a second. We're going to have to have a second episode. Absolutely. (laughs) Just about that. 
But I think a lot of it is people don't realize the absolute direct line from being on stage, telling their story, being seen as a passionate advocate for a an issue or being a passionate advocate for themselves. They are seen as leaders. They are seen as experts. They are seen as credible when nobody else does that and nothing else does that for them. Right. So yeah, it feels damn good. And it feels like something that I can accomplish. And it feels like something where I can actually make a difference. Because if you look at the numbers, two thirds of all conference speakers are men. All right. Yeah. So, you know, you've got a big, big, big gap there. Um, Bizabo did some some research on that. I think it bears mentioning that if if two thirds of, you know, speakers are men, 50%, 51% actually of the population is comprised of women. So there is a a disparity there. And, and we're not even talking about all the other kinds of diversity. We're just talking male, female diversity. Right. So few years ago, Bizabo did a bunch of research on this. They had like a five-year study, and then they had a follow-up the, the following year where they looked at, I don't know, something like 60,000 speakers. Yeah. And this is where the two-thirds number comes from that everybody quotes. Like, nobody else has done that level of a study. Yay, Bizabo. And... The reality is, you know, if you start breaking that down into numbers and divide it up over a year, I I actually sat down and went, wait a minute, if we're looking at 60,000 different speakers, two thirds are men. So in other words, if I put 2,500 women on stages every month, boom, we have equity. And I was like, hey, that number actually feels doable. I mean, yeah, big job. But, oh, my God, I feel like that's attainable. Yeah. And well, if I can do, get 10,000 women, like, we could do this. Do me a favor. And just I want you to repeat that number because it, it bears repeating. That is a, an impressive number. Say it again. Yeah. 2,500 additional women on stages every month. Holy shit. Okay. We can do this. We, we can, can do, do this. this. We can do this. And, and, and Come those, with me. We can do this. Two, <laughs> and I do feel like those 2,500 women, that, that there's an exponential effect to that. There has to be. You get them up on stage. They succeed up on stage. Event organizers ask those women, hey, who do you recommend if you're not able to do the next speaking engagement? And, and so we have created a self-fulfilling uh, network of of growth for a whole new community that previously didn't have access, right? And they get funded oh, and yes. they get new jobs and they get on boards and they get asked to be a co-founder or an executive in a C-suite. And it's like all these things kind of flow outwards from it, buoyed by these speaking engagements, so it's like, oh, getting on stage, it's a nice to have. No, it's not. It's, it's like so important. <laughs> Absolutely. I well, I, I love that so much. Your your and, and your passion just it shows through so so much. So so talk to us about 
I'm one of the things that I love to do on the show is I I love to talk about actionable things that our listeners can take home and implement today in order to be stronger business owners, be stronger personally, professionally. Um, you know, and, and, and I feel like you, what you're saying, you have so much value to offer. So, so the first thing I, I feel like we've kind of covered this a little bit tacitly or, you know, quietly in the background, but the fact that like, just do it, you know, Public speaking, I, I and I hope you'll agree with this, but feel free to come back at me. I feel like I feel like it's like a muscle, you yeah. know. You have to exercise it and practice it. And the first few times, it's going to hurt like hell, or be awkward as hell, or however that manifests for you. But if you do it and you keep doing it, you will become proficient in it. You will become expert at it. It will become more comfortable. Um, you know, I'm still to a point where I'm still just kind of like, eh, I don't love it, but. Because it's just not my natural inclination. But that being said, I'm comfortable doing it. And I realize that I have achieved great benefit from from doing it, both for Innovator and for myself. So, so talk to us about some very tactical things beyond just do it that listeners at home can, can introduce into, into their professional lives. Absolutely. And, you know, it's like not being a commercial for innovation women. All right. Innovation women that like our job is to get event managers together with speakers, make it easy for the event managers to find somebody beyond the male pale and stale folks. So I'm going to actually take a slightly different route to this. And I'm going to say one of the things that we have to understand is some of the reasons that women aren't on the stage. Okay. Women are more likely to work for smaller companies. They're more likely to work part time and they're still more likely to be responsible for kids and home, which means that they have a bit of a reputation of saying no more often than men. According to the event managers that we work with, women say no 50% of the time when they are invited to speak. Whereas men say yes, 90% of the time. So the first thing is say yes. If someone invites you to speak, say yes, and then figure out how you're going to make it happen. Feel comfortable going to ask your boss, can I go to this conference? Feel comfortable saying, I have to take this time and go to this conference and speak. This is good for me, my business, my career. So saying yes is kind of the first step. Then figure out how you're going to make it work. Feel that you have the value, that you have something to share and say yes. So that's kind of the first big step. Say yes to public speaking. Number two, understand kind of the mechanisms that people get on stage. The basic currency of public speaking at most conferences and events is what's called the call for speakers. Mm-hmm. All right. Innovation Women, I've got a research team that goes out and finds them and we bring them to the website. Either the event managers load them up themselves or our research team, or sometimes we get you know, flags thrown by somebody who goes, these people need more women, please go and approach them. So you yourself, you can actually go and search on the words call for speakers 
and put in whatever your area of expertise is and come up with probably dozens of opportunities. Yeah, maybe you missed the um, the deadline on that one. It'll come around next year, but go and look for calls for speakers. Respond to them. Look at what they are looking for. Understand the categories, all of this different stuff. You know, like look at last year's program. You know what last year's program is? Last year's program is the winners. Yeah. The people who applied and got accepted to speak. If you go to a conference or an event regularly, find out who the conference organizer is. Find out who the event manager is. Ask them, you know, I've been coming to this event for 16 years. I would like to speak at it. What kinds of things are you looking for? These are the things that you need to do to get yourself out there. I love it. I love it. And I, and I, that is certainly the crux of the issue. I see it time and time again. Um, you know, we often have calls for speakers with innovator and, and it's, it's like pulling teeth sometimes. Like I reach out to, and I'm like, I encourage people to apply. Like you have, you have something valuable to say there, there is, there are very, very few people out there who have been operating professionally for the number of years that some of these folks have been out with in where they haven't picked up something of value to share with an audience. Um, and so, so I love that you are so intentional about facilitating that, that it's really empowerment, empowerment is what it comes down to. So, so I love that. Uh, really quickly, I, I got so excited and we were talking and I need to break in and I do need to tell you that if you want to be empowered to build a tech product, uh, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Fullscale.io. They can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And I know that's their tagline, but I will tell you that, uh, and I've mentioned this before, like I've actually talked to Fullscale clients. Uh, you know, when we do the sweet and greets at T-Mobile Center, I get to meet a lot of them. And I often ask them because I love knowing what I'm touting, when I, what I'm talking about, when I'm talking about full scale sponsorship. And one of the, the things that I hear time and time again are how easy full scale makes it to build a tech product, uh, to, to build a team, to have that support of a team without all of the infrastructure, red tape and having to, to do that yourself. You're saving time. Um, I, I love talking to full scale customers because they, they are all very, very happy. Um, so, so definitely check out fullscale.io. We thank them for sponsoring this episode and all of the episode. We thank them and Matt DeCourcy for being such huge, amazing proponents, supporters, and leaders of Startup Hustle. Definitely check them out. We are, folks, just to remind you, we are with Bobby Carlton, founder of Innovation Women. Uh, as I, and I'm going to say this as many times as I can because I just love it, but Boston's uh, the, the startup fairy godmother. Uh, and I, and, oh, and y'all can't see this, but she did just definitely make wing movements with her hands. Uh, and that makes me really happy. But Bobby, thank you so much for, for chatting with us today. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about, uh, gender balanced panels, equal visibility. What kind of opportunities have you seen? Are you seeing, are you hoping to see as we come to gender parity or honestly, 
let's take it beyond gender parity. Like we're talking about all kinds of diversity. We're talking about socioeconomic diversity and racial diversity and, uh, you know, thought leadership diversity. What kind of opportunities do you see coming as we continue to make these intentional shifts? In the past, obviously the stages were filled with CEOs and board members and venture capitalists who, you know, kind of all look the same. Uh, they're in the Boston market. There is one VC firm where all of the partners were uh, members of the same BU hockey team. Like talk about a group that looks the same and acts the same and probably thinks the same, right? So, you know, what we are doing moving forward is trying to get what I think of as better conversations more diverse perspectives by getting different people on stage. And as you mentioned, it's not just gender equity. I usually tell people that we've got ah, something like 1,600 really awesome speakers who just happen to be women on our Innovation Women platform, but we also have a handful of really secure male allies yeah. and you know, it's all about the diversity of perspective, the interesting ideas that come from not being one of the usual suspects. And so I think a lot of event managers, number one, they realize the danger that they are in when they put up a male pale and stale panel. You know, they yeah. are, everybody can whip out a phone and take a picture and tweet or post somewhere that picture and go, oh, they obviously didn't look for any diversity because we have the same people on stage again. Right. So this is something that gets sponsors to turn away from you. This is something that invites public ridicule. Mm -hmm. You know, the social media avalanches. Um, I remember seeing an article a few years ago about the annual JP Morgan event for healthcare in San Francisco in January. Yeah. The title of the newspaper had uh, was the article was something like there are more Michael's on stage at this event than there are female CEOs. Oh my gosh. So more CEOs named Michael at this event than there were women. Like that's the kind of thing as an event organizer, you're like, Oh, I have a problem. Well, and when you, I, I mean, I think, I think it's really important to note that when we're talking about something as unilaterally, important to all as as healthcare i mean the fact is marginalized communities they 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 were they experience so many more disparities related to healthcare and so many uh, worse outcomes because of those disparities and so the fact is like if you are having a, women deal with health issues every day that that deeply deeply impact their their health and so if you're if you're not representative of the individuals that 
you need to serve or that you're trying to serve, you're not having the best form of the conversation. You're not introducing the best ideas. You're not talking about the real issues that that matter. And so it, it, it's things like that where it's like, I, I just kind of wonder at event organizers, I'm like, were you really thinking that through when you did that? You you went for the sexy name, but were you really thinking of having the the most impactful conversation, I think is the question that I would want to ask. You know, I think a lot of event managers, you know, they're responsible for a great event. Yeah. They're responsible for selling tickets. They are responsible for people wanting to come to their event. So they take the easy way out. They bring in what they think of as the recognizable names. And the recognizable names are often the names that they've put on stage before. They're up there again because they're a recognizable name. And so the same people get perpetuated over and over and over again. And by the way, the same thing happens to some women. You know, I am the one woman who keeps getting invited to be on every panel panel about robotics because I got up there once and I did a decent job and I got invited again and again and again and again. Event managers will go and look at other conferences and events and say, oh, here's somebody who fulfills this requirement. Right. Here's somebody who fulfills this requirement. I'm going to put them on stage. So the same programs get kind of rerun. Right. And, you know, it's Fed managers are busy people. You know, I am not blaming them for being busy people and looking to previous events for good speakers. You know, you have the evidence. This person did a good job. You sold all your tickets. Well, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. So that's where that comes from. It's just... I, as an audience member, have a slightly different perspective. Oh, I have seen John every single year here. Yeah. Can we have somebody else, please? Yeah. Could, could could we inject a little bit of new life and new blood into this conversation that we're having? And, and I mean, I, you're right. Like it, it, it makes sense, but it doesn't. You know, people tends to engage with people who look, think, and act like them. And so if you are relying on your current networks or the current things that you see, the current state of things, you're going to, you're going to see that again, it's like a self-perpetuating thing. Like, and I get it. I do, but I do. I I think one of the things that I want to say is, Hey, event organizers. You know, if you don't happen to have those people in your network, the kinds of people who offer new insight and have new things to say, then, hey, reach out to people like Bobby and reach out to people like me and say, hey, we're looking for speakers. Who do you recommend? Uh, And then once you engage those people, talk to them and say, who do you recommend? And then you have a constant almost revolving door of new content, new ideas, new presentations, and you've, you, you're fulfilling your obligation to your attendees and putting on the most exciting events, the most interesting events, the most informative events while, you know, doing it the right way. Um, so, so I, yeah, we get that you're busy. Allow us to help you. Allow us and people like us to help you. <laughs> right, Bobby? 
Absolutely. Are you raising and I do... your hand? You're raising your hand for that so high. Like, <laughs> I think if you had 10 hands, you would raise all 10 hands. It's like, come <laughs> talk to me. I will also say that a lot of the speakers are, you know, just, just like you said, you know, they are asking their friends and they hang out with people who look like them. And so often as a speaker, you get the opportunity to tell an event manager, oh, you know, I, I recommend this person to also be on this panel with me. Yeah. And there are some men who will look at a panel and say, you know what, we need somebody different. Right. So if you're a guy, you also have a responsibility to help that event manager get more diversity on that stage. Look yep. around you. Do you see the same people that you always see? Or is it is there an opportunity to bring in somebody new? For sure. Like, and I, I I've actually like full disclosure, I've actually had that moment myself. Like I feel like in the Kansas City area at least, um, I don't think like I've I've tried to look at, at it impassionately and impassively and say that have I reached saturation? in this market? Like, do I get asked to speak on enough panels? And I don't think I'm quite there yet. Um, there are certain circles where that's definitely happened, but it, then it becomes incumbent upon me to say, hey, I don't really have much new to offer, but here are three women who are who are awesome, who will do a great job and who will thoroughly entertain, inform, educate, like whatever the goal is for, for the speaking engagement, they're going to do a great job. So let me step aside <laughs> and say, Hey, if you really want to put on a great event, and that's always the goal. The goal is not to, well, to my, to my point of view, the goal is not always to have the most well-attended event. The, the goal is to always have the best event, the most engaging event, the one that inspires, the one that, uh, you know, gives people that tactical advice or gives them that learning that they need to take it to the next level. So if you're thinking about content, uh, you know, focus, focus on content rather than butts and seeds. If the content is there, the people will come. Do you agree? What do you think? You know, yes, absolutely. And one, you asked me earlier, like what my secret sauce is. And yeah. I think Part of what it is I do as a speaker is I don't give you always what you expect. Yeah. You know, I have things that I can pull out that I have specifically developed answers to things that are slightly counterintuitive. Yeah. And when a speaker does that, you get the whole audience kind of whipping their heads around going, wait, 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 what did she just say? And I think that's important as a speaker to develop the things that are your own secret sauce, your own slightly different perspective, your own different ways of looking at things. Right. I'm sorry, but you know, so many people, every speaker out there is sees themselves as an expert in public speaking because they do it all the time. So, you know, what can I offer about public speaking that's slightly different than what Joe and Jane also offer? Yeah. Like they are talking about public speaking. Fine. I'll talk about the act of actually getting on stage. Not as many people talk about that. Yeah. It's a little the, the bit different. The physicality of it. Sure. Well, and I, and I think that that is, that's another, yet another gem of wisdom from Bobby, but a piece of tactical advice, like think about 
what is your differentiator? Um, you know, there are any number of people who can go up and speak about topics, but what is the thing that is going to set you apart from the pack? I, I love that. Um, what is it? What is the, what is that secret thing that nobody is talking about? What can you bring to light? So, so that, that is super cool. Now, now, Bobby, I, I do want to ask you, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit here and I'm going to ask you, uh, cause I'm just very curious, what is the future for Bobby Carlton, Innovation Women, Innovation Nights, you know, all of these irons that you have in the fire. Like what, what do you see coming down the pipeline for yourself? Uh, well, I mean, just to actually go backwards two steps, I actually did acquire two more companies oh my over gosh, the pandemic. Get out of here. <laughs> I I call it my pandemic retail therapy. You know, right. like you may have gone off Some and bought people new buy purses and shoes. Bobby's like, I buy businesses. Yes. So I bought two <laughs> more companies, and you know, kind of the future is and the present is actually integrating them. So yeah. I bought a company called My Speaker Leads, okay. which is a research service for speakers. Nice. And I also bought Lioness Magazine, which is a digital magazine specifically for female entrepreneurs. So what we're doing is kind of bringing these things all together and integrating them. So for example, an Innovation Women member, a speaker can contribute an article to Lioness Magazine and be seen as a thought leader. She can also be interviewed in Lioness Magazine. Oh, and she's an author too? Well, you know, we have a book of the week feature in Lioness Magazine. So, you know, part of it is the layering on top of additional services and making sure that what we have is not just a traditional speakers bureau. I mean, we are not a traditional speakers bureau by any stretch of the imagination. Sure. We're a platform that manages subject matter experts and event managers looking for speakers and presenters. But what we're doing is creating a community, a community that helps one another, a yeah. community that is really eyes on the prize looking for bigger things than just speaking. It's the visibility that drives you to business success and career growth. I I cannot tell you how excited I am for you and how much I love that. Uh, I And now I'm very excited to have this conversation, but here it comes with the human question, Bobby. And we have already, just so you folks at home know, we have already started this discussion and it's about to get passionate up in here. So Bobby, I'm going to ask you what your, your favorite toppings are on your pizza, but then I'm going to ask you to defend yourself in your, in your hatred of pineapple on pizza, which I feel is bullshit. And I want to, I, I ask you to defend yourself. All right. So toppings on pizza first. Mushrooms, Ugh. green peppers, all the veggies. Bring on the veggies. Oh my god! Like the veggies. You okay. and I are like the exact opposite of pizza soulmate. <laughs> like I'm all about pineapple on pizza, and mushrooms can go somewhere and die. <laughs> yeah. Well, I once broke up with a guy because he would not allow the the mushrooms on my half of the pizza because Ew. they contaminated his pizza. All right, I gotta like, tell it's you, half my pizza. 
I gotta tell you, I, 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 I'm with you. It's your half of the pizza. I, I get it, but I, I do sympathize with the guy a little bit because it's fungus, Bobby. It's fungus. But it's all delicious. Right. <laughs> and meanwhile, fruit is just wrong on your pizza. It adds it's such wrong. a nice little tang, especially yeah. paired with spices. Oh, get out of here. You and my husband, you're, you're absolutely on the same page with the man I married and I married him anyway, even though he likes pineapple on his pizza. All right. Well, I will tell you what, I, I will come and visit you or you will come and visit me and we will get pizza and we will get separate pies and we will maintain a lot of airspace between them. How about that? Yes. Keep them, keep them I, apart. I can no contamination. I, I'm choosing to respect your pizza choices, even though I do not agree with them in the slightest. And I will attempt to change your mind. Oh, no, not going to happen. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, Bobby, I, I cannot tell you how uh, invigorating it has been to have you here on Startup Hustle. Um, thank you so much for sh sharing of your expertise and sharing so authentically of your experience. This has been really, really great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And thank you for bringing out the whole controversy of pineapple on pizza. I mean, I, I swear I'm going to have a whole episode devoted to it. It's just going to, I, I just, ugh, so passionate. All right. Anyway, I also want to thank <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. Okay. I can't talk about it anymore. Uh, I, I would also like to thank today's episode sponsor, uh, fullscale.io. They are our friends and our partners and our producers, and they do so much for Startup Hustle. They do so much for their customers and clients, and they can help you build a software team quickly and affordably. And I ask that you, you, get, you check them out. You know, if you are struggling to bring a tech product to fruition, they're going to make it so easy on you. It's going to be like breathing. Uh, friends, I would also like to remind you that you should definitely check out the 52 episode series, how to start a tech business, uh, hosted by Matt Squared, Matt and Matt. Uh, they actually just wrapped that not too, too long ago. So you can catch all 52 episodes, but they're going to take you step by step through the process. And they are definitely experts that you want to avail yourselves of their expertise. So check those out and friends. As always, we are so grateful to you for taking the time to join us week after week. Uh, you listen to us when you have a lot of other stuff clamoring for your attention, and we are so very grateful. Thanks so much, and we will catch you on the flip side. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.